You're listening to the Trinity Ministries podcast. For more information and to support our ministry, go to www.trinityhudson.org. Well, we are continuing our series. Actually, we're ending our series today. Whoops. Here we go. Let me get this back. There we go. Um, we're ending our series today, um, our Advent series. This is the last Sunday in Advent. Advent is a time, a time ago, decided, just like we have a, 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 a build-up toward Easter, let's have a build-up toward uh, Christmas. And so four weeks were carved out before, um, before Christmas Eve. And in those weeks, it was this moment of expectation. Every week, we're looking forward to celebrating uh, the birthday of Jesus, looking forward to the Savior of the world uh, coming to, uh, like I said earlier, break into history. And um, for our four weeks, this again being the last one, we have talked about how this idea of Advent is just around the corner, this excitement, this, this wonderful thing, and we really don't know for sure in our own lives what's just around the corner. But we, did, we have, over the last couple of weeks, landed on a couple of, of statements uh, that are truth, that are biblical, and that really can help us as we continue to celebrate and look forward to uh, Christmas time. First one was, now it's not even going to work. There we go. Um, first week, if you remember, we talked about this idea of trust and somebody being trustworthy. A promise is only as good as the one making the promise, right? If, if somebody keeps breaking their promises, you're not going to trust the promise that they keep making, okay? That was the first week. Second week, we talked about uh, God's grace is his gift to us. Your life is your gift back to him. And not in a law way, not like, we, and we talked about how back in Jesus' day, everybody had it flipped around where I have to offer my life as a gift and then maybe I'll get something from God. But that's not what God says. God says, I am, my blessings just pour out continually first. In fact, First John says that. We love because he first loved us. So we talked about that concept. Then last week we talked about Jesus breaking your expectations, but in a good way. Because God is a God that, is, that gives over and above. And he bra- Jesus came to break the expectation um, that the Savior was going to be this masterful, big king and, and rule and, and with a powerful hand. But Jesus comes in as a baby. And so we talked about that. Um, so this week we're talking about something a little bit different that actually is, is beautiful and it wraps everything together. Um, but really this week is going to, be a little bit more about these. Kids, what are these? Presents, right. They're not, they're gifts, right? But they're not just gifts. These are white elephant gifts. <laughs> of all the things we do at Christmas, I, I, this is probably one of my favorite things to do. And I don't know if you're like me, uh, but when I, I have like a science. I'm, I like zone in on these gifts, and I look at the gifts, and basically, if you don't know what a white elephant gift exchange is, is you find something in your closet or your garage or your attic, you wrap it up in a gift, and you go to a party, and everybody brings one, and then you get to, you have numbers, and you, depending on your number, you get to go and, and grab a gift, right? But you, there's a science to it. Because just because something is small doesn't mean it's not valuable. So we, when we look at these gifts, you know, for me, I look at it, I either recognize it already, like somebody at one of them had a spatula wrapped up. Like, I am not choosing that gift. 
because I know what it is, right? You do that, you look at it, you shake it, you know, and sometimes even the biggest presents aren't always the best. One of the funniest, most interesting white elephant gifts uh, exchanges that I've ever had was just this last year. Um, we as a staff decided that we are going to do a white elephant gift, which we always do, but we did it in August because for our church staff, if, you're, if you know anything about church staff, we're, it is so busy for us that we just decided we're not even going to compete. So we're going to do, we had a Christmas party in August and it was great. Everybody was, we're kind of coming back ready for the ministry year and we're giving gifts exchanges and laughing, just having a good time. And then Kristen Miller, our Extreme Kids coordinator, unwraps this. And we kind of in the group, when she unwrapped it, we were all like, is that like a real thing? So she did that, and, and, when she, and we were like, what is this? When she opened it up, it's just the best. This is what was inside. Yeah, it's awesome. It's a stuffed cat, <laughs> kind of like a frisbee. It's not real, students. So I'm not hurting anything. This is right. So, but it looks it looks real. It's actually made with rabbit hair, I think, or something. But so she got this. But here's the best. This actually has nothing to do with the sermon. I just think this is a funny story. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so Scott Miller wasn't there. He was on a business trip. Scott and Kristen have talked about getting pets, and Scott has always been like, I do not want to get a pet. Kristen says, this is my opportunity. She set up a camera, and when Scott came home, her plan was to have the cat on her lap. She went and bought cat food, and and she's sitting, because it looks kind of real. And so she was sitting there, and Scott comes, and he came home early, so she didn't get to record it, which I was really bummed. So she was like this, just petting, and Scott walks in the door, and just petting, honey, look what we got for the kids. And he got angry. <laughs> and he basically said some words that I guess you can't say in church. Um, but he just said, oh, you're making me out to be the bad guy. And he goes upstairs, and, <laughs> and Kristen just was like, oh, my goodness. He comes back down, and he says, no, 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 here you go. It's, it's just a, a funny gift. Yeah. So that's, oh, now we get rabbit fur all over the place. Um, so after the service, kids, if you want to come up and touch this thing, it's clean. Don't worry about it. Um, so, but anyway, you know, that's, it's kind of a fun thing with white elephant gifts, you know, and, and maybe, you know, you do that during Christmas. But in, in a more serious way, um, what happens when you begin to think or you feel like your life is turning out to be just a white elephant gift exchange? Meaning... You have these expectations of how your life is supposed to be, and you look at how things are kind of shaping up, but when you open up the present or you experience the event, things don't shape up that way. It just doesn't look good. And you end up having, coming up to this thing, this word called surprised. You're just surprised. You're just surprised. And basically, the word surprised, all it means is it's an interruption in your expectations, Right? You expect to get certain things. Like you asked Santa for a Nintendo Switch, and you got socks. 
Or on a positive way, it's, you could be surprised in, in, in a positive way. You asked for an iPhone 10 and you got an iPhone 10XR, you know, the upgrade version. You're expecting life to go one way and it's turned out great or maybe it's not turned out so great and you didn't expect that. It's an interruption in your expectations. That's what a surprise is, which also brings us to Christmas. And one specific person uh, at Christmas that I just love talking about, um, I love talking about Joseph, but also specifically, I like talking about Mary. I mean, think about Mary, the mother of Jesus. You know, one of the reasons Mary is so revered uh, in the church and, and around the world, really, is because of her ability to handle so many surprises in just a 15 to 16 month time frame. I mean, think about it. Engagement to Joseph, you know, we talked about that a couple of weeks ago. Engagement to Joseph, then a visitation by an angel, which we'll, we'll talk about in a second, then pregnant with the child of God. And every Christmas, I wonder what that conversation was like between Mary and Joseph, you know, and the surprise for him as well. Not only is she pregnant out of wedlock, but she's pregnant by the power of the Holy Spirit, which nobody understands. Surprises. And then there's a moment in Mary's journey at the very beginning that is really, I think, pivotal, and, and we don't talk about it as being so pivotal in the, Chris, the Christmas story. I believe it was a turning point for her and her full acceptance of what was happening to her um, through the power of the, of the Spirit. And so we're going we're gonna to be looking at Luke 1, starting at 26. I'm not going to have all the verses up there. I'm just going to go ahead and read through the story. And so as I'm reading, kind of put the mental picture in your head of what is happening in this moment um, with, uh, with Mary. So Luke 1 records this. He says, In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, and as a relative, Mary's relative, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth to a town in Galilee to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was, very good, virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Remember when I said a surprise is a, an interruption in your expectation? All of a sudden you're doing your chores and bam, there's an angel there. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never fail. And Mary's standing there, and you imagine this, she's taking all this in. She knew the history and the promises of God, the, uh, of, of God sending the Messiah. And again, she too had this idea of, it, of, of this Messiah being a conquering king. So she's kind of thinking, well, wait, if, if I'm pregnant, that means this, this Messiah is going to come as a baby? Surprise. <laughs> and she responds to the angel. She says, how will this be since I'm just a virgin? Parents, I'll let you explain that one. The angel answered, Holy Spirit will come on you and the, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age 
and she who, who is said to be unconceived is in her sixth month. And the angel said something very powerful. He said, for no word of God will ever fail. That's promise keeping. That's a trustworthy God. No word of God will ever fail as he promises it. Mary answers the angel then and says, I'm the Lord's servant. May your, word to, you, may your word to me be fulfilled. And the angel left her. Now, if you were Mary, how, how would you handle that? What would you do? Think about that surprise. Total life change. I mean, as I, as I said before, as, as she, she was engaged as a young girl. They were in that betrothal stage with Mary and Joseph, um, which would lead then ultimately to marriage. They've committed to each other, and they were going to have this nice life in Nazareth, and all of a sudden, this angel comes and interrupts Mary's plans, interrupts Joseph's plans. It's a pivotal moment. So Mary then does this. Right after that, very soon after, uh, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. Remember her her relative who was old and uh, barren, hadn't had any kids, and then all of a sudden she's now pregnant. Um, so, uh, so she greeted Elizabeth, and this is, the, this is the poignant part, I believe, for Mary in her story. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, kicked in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And we know that that baby is John, John the Baptist. So Jesus and John are cousins. Um, so Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaims, and I think, I think for Mary, hearing the confirmation of what the angel had promised was huge, especially through Elizabeth. Elizabeth says, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored, Elizabeth says, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Elizabeth knew exactly what was happening. As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, Elizabeth said, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord will fulfill his promises to her. Blessed is the God who makes promises and keeps them, even as crazy as the promise may be. That's what Elizabeth is saying. That's a surprise. And so Mary then responds in what is called the Magnificat, and so many beautiful hymns and traditional pieces have been written um, using her words. Uh, and so basically, this is the Magnificat. This is uh, Mary in uh, Luke 1, verse 46. She says, My soul glorifies the Lord. This is in response to Elizabeth. My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. Why? Because he has been mindful, very key word, God has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. And she continues, his mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He's performed mighty deeds with his arms. And Mary is, all of a sudden then launches into a whole bunch of surprises based on the culture of the day. Remember, everybody thought that the Messiah was going to be coming in as a king, as a, as a conquering king, not as a baby. They didn't actually really know how this king was, was supposed to show up. 
Um, now Mary does know, and so she recalls um, that and, and basically talks about the surprise that God would choose the lowly to shame the powerful. And she lists all these things. He sa- she says this, Surprise, he scattered those who are proud in their inmost thought. Surprise, he's brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. Surprise, he's filled the hungry with good things, but he has sent the rich away empty. He has helped, Israel, he has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever. Just as he did what? He promised, just as he promised our ancestors. The point for, for Mary's response and the whole happenings of all of this is that Mary realized that God is mindful of her. Do you know that? Do you recognize that God is mindful of you? He thinks about you. And, um, he, you know, maybe your life, again, feels like a white elephant exchange. That does not mean that God is not mindful of you. God loves you. He surprises us with his love. The Christmas you may be experiencing right now might be really, really great. You know, maybe this is the first time with the new baby or the new house or the new family or whatever it is. You know, maybe you got a salary increase. Maybe you got engaged. It's just one of those Christmases that's going to go down in the books. You already know of going, this was a great Christmas. But on the opposite side, maybe you're being surprised by the opposites of the good things you thought were going to happen. Maybe you lost your job. Maybe a relationship ended. Maybe what was supposed to be a wonderful time with family turned out to be not so wonderful. But remember, God is mindful of you. And as much as you and I, you know, as much as you want to think that you're in control, you're really not. As much as you want to think that, that think what so many people think, um, that God won't give me more than he, that I can handle, that's not in the Bible, that's not true. God does allow things in your life that you can't handle for the purpose of you trusting in his power through you. You can't handle the divorce, the medical treatments, the busyness, the stress, the addictions, the, the, uh, the anxiety. You can't handle it on your own. And so that's why I want you to remember our last phrase for this day, which is this. God doesn't leave you alone in life's surprises. Say that with me. Ready? Go. God doesn't leave you alone in the surprises. He doesn't leave you alone. You're not going through this Christmas, this great thing, this struggle, whatever it is, alone. That's the whole point of him sending Jesus to to dwell among us. He made his living, his habitat. He came to us and has never left us. And no matter what happens to you in your life, God's not surprised. God knows what's happened, what's happening, and he knows what's going to happen in your life. God gives you a gift. And makes his promises. And that gift is a gift of grace and his presence. And all he asks us to do, and which is a crazy, wonderful, great thing, is all he asks us to do is just to surrender. Just hands up and just, God, I I surrender. 
even as things are going great, God, I just surrender to your spirit, to your leading, because I can't do it all myself. And surrendering just basically means to acknowledge that God is the authority in your life and that he's a good, and if, if he's a good and loving father, which we know him to be, he will lead you in the surprises. He will lead you in love and in grace and in truth. And when you surrender, you're inviting the God of the universe to take control and lead you in all of his love. Because all of us, at every moment of every day, we all need him. We all need him. And he's willing to give you that strength and what you need in the moment. So we're going to end our um, service a little bit differently. I'm not going to have you stand and pray and do a blessing. Um, I'm just going to pray us out, and then we're going we're gonna to sing a song together that um, is powerful, and I'm going to see if I can get through it because um, it wrecks me every time. Uh, and uh, if some, some time in this service, maybe it's right now, you're like, I, I want to I know more. I want to surrender. Find me after the service um, or, or one of the, the worship attendees, uh, uh, leaders, because we'd love to talk to you about that, about just acknowledging God's grace that comes in Christ, okay? So let's go to prayer. Just go ahead and close your eyes, bow your head, and let's pray. Father, we do, um, we acknowledge, God, that we do need you. We love you so much. Um, we love that you're a God who doesn't leave us alone, that you sent your son Jesus um, as a baby to grow up and teach us a lot of things, ultimately to be led to the cross and then rise again on the third day. And in that we have grace, in that we have forgiveness. And God, as I'm sitting here, as we're all sitting here in the quiet of this moment, Father, we just want to give our lives to you. We want to surrender our life. We want to surrender all of it to you. All of the hurt, all of the pain, all the things that we're being surprised at right now. God, we just give it to you as we sing.